Hello everyone and welcome to the Procrastinators. My name is Angelica. That was aggressive. <laughs> My name's Alexandra. And I'm Amy. I'm just excited to do the intro. The intro. <laughs> nice. Uh, so, hi. How we doing, ladies? Pretty good. Great. Pretty good. Pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, just so everyone knows, on the Procaffeinators podcast, we are all family, so we will occasionally be giving each other nicknames, and everything we say on here is based off of our opinion. So, you know, it's just us. Talking. And having some fun. So why don't you grab a nice hot or cold cup of whatever caffeinated beverage you enjoy the most, and sit back, relax, and enjoy the discussion. You can take part two. Just because we're not there with you physically doesn't mean you can't talk with us. Yeah, you could talk back. The person next to you might think you're crazy, but that's okay. Don't worry about what people think. Yeah, and every once in a while, we're going to be drinking coffee throughout this podcast. So if you hear a little bit of sips, it's because we are having a cup with you, okay? Uh, We also live by an airport, so if you hear it, it'll happen. It's okay. (gasps) Today's topic is something that... We all kind of enjoy, you know, it's the topic of old souls. Old souls. There's a song that I like called the Old Soul Song. Uh-huh. There's actually a few songs called the Old Soul Song. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I like it. So, oh, okay. so what's the definition of old soul? Alexander, you go first. Oh, to me? Yeah. Uh, old soul is someone who has tendencies of the past, so maybe they're a little bit more mature in sense, or they uh, have a better understanding without going through it. I don't know if that makes sense. Like, they can understand people a little bit better, even though they haven't lived their life. It's almost as if they had. Um, someone, someone who is very mature for their age or something. Okay. Angelica? I believe having an old soul means that an elderly person, someone wiser than the rest of the family, maybe a matriarch, can look into the person's eyes and see many lifetimes lived mm-hmm. in that person. Yeah. Like many, there's a book, uh, many, li- um, many Lives, Many Masters. It's a really good book. Mm-hmm. I, I, I mean, it's still in print, but it talks about that. It, basically, you're talking about like reincarnation. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's yeah. what I think. I mean, I think that too the reincarnation bit just because that's you know, mm-hmm. you know something i believe could be accurate i True. know people use old soul to describe what sinner was saying like mature. a mature young person mm-hmm. yeah but yeah. what what do you think well I, there are so many things that i believe in but the most important thing is uh <laughs> eric from who is oh i love Eric. Ah, yes yeah. a psychologist mm-hmm. he believed that we inherited genetically our memories just oh. as we inherit our looks and things that we can see what happens is that we take for granted what internally in our minds mm-hmm. happen when we talk about genetics versus uh, what we can see. So you'll see an old picture of your great 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 grandmother, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And peep somebody, and we've seen movies of like that of that. Yeah. You know, that we go, oh my god, she looks just like. And yeah. they they apply it to reincarnation. Uh huh. But Eric Fromm believed that it was inherited mm-hmm. from generation okay. to generation. So sense. just as you see someone who looks exactly like you, you could also inherit certain tendencies. And uh, even memories, he thought. Mm-hmm. So we so got like that deep. Carl Jung 
had the same concept? He had a very similar concept, too. I don't know. I need to read up on my psychology. This yeah, Eric Fromm was the one who really focused on it. Carl Jung also believed in the many, you know, the anima, the animus. You know, he believed in in quite a bit of what we would call now Zen therapy. Uh-huh. Um, so, I mean, there were quite a bit of belief systems. But we all know that we experience things from the past and yeah. we can't explain it. There's yeah. also like that feeling of meeting someone, like that deja vu, meeting yeah. someone you feel like you've known before or someone you feel instantly comfortable with. And it it's almost that feeling of like, I know, like, I know you. How do I know you? And I've experienced that in college, like um, our friend Michael. Mm-hmm. So when I first met him, I was like, why do you feel so familiar like there's that sense of of like i've i've interacted with you before maybe mm-hmm. um and i don't know if that was just you know my instincts as a person saying oh this is a good person you know i don't know or if it was that uh that sense of that deja vu of i i've totally met you in a past life kind of thing because i do believe in past lives and i think that they're a very true thing i don't I don't know if everyone, you know, I don't think everyone has an old soul. I think there are new souls that are created, but I do believe that sometimes there there are souls that enter into yours as well, maybe. That's funny because especially when we got into college, we yeah. talked about meeting people that we might have met in the past. Felt very familiar. I've never yeah. experienced that. The closest, really? yeah, I feel like maybe the closest I felt was someone like Calypso, where it was like that natural felt blend. Felt very, yeah. yeah but felt, she also comes from a very similar background that Yeah, exa- we do. exactly. So there's no real telling for me, but I've never experienced like a click, except for with my dog. to be completely honest talk about connected souls everybody like okay so once we had to have um once i did yoga at a hotel and at the end of the yoga session we had a meditation portion yeah and they told us to imagine or think about the person that we feel the most connected with Mm -hmm. almost like a soulmate and the only image that came to my mind was her face yeah. And, you know, honestly... That's that's normal. That's a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> Chuck of blinks like, it is? Yay. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's the only one where I really feel like, you know, if I could connect her to someone that might have been from my past. Your dog? Yeah. Either I think that, that can or... be true. I think dogs have souls. <laughs> I don't know if it's one of those things like having a soul meet or mm-hmm. being connected to by the soul or having met her in a past life Mm -hmm. or if it's more of the concept of have you guys ever heard of the what socrates talked about the two what a soulmate was and it's the two people attached to each other right then they became detached right similar to the she was my leg or something and we became (laughs) detached that's similar to the that's a different podcast because i think that you both raise each of your dogs individually. Nature versus nurture. And that is definitely that was nurture. Like, yeah. Uh, because they both have really sucked in your souls and they project it. <laughs> They're but I so think you buy there. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, I think, I think it's because different... animals, I think it's because animals do have that extra sense that we don't have. You know, they have that instinct of, needing of like you know another animal needing comfort when something needs protection when something needs whatever it is I think that they have that basic 
instinct of empathy that Mm -hmm. a lot of humans, you know, we don't have trust. We don't have this. We don't have that sometimes that, you know, animals have to trust us, especially if they're our pets, because we are now taking care of them. So I think that they have that natural sense of, oh, this is my herd. This is my family. This is my pack. So we need to respect and bond with each other because if we don't understand each other, we can't survive, which is a lot. We're so codependent that we can't live without each other. That's that mentality. That's that animalistic mentality. They use each other to survive and they trust each other. It's just like uh, with lions. With lions, you know, you've got your your hunter-gatherer protector, which are the females, and then your main protector, which are the whoever the, the king is or whatever it is, and then you've got everyone else who is there to help protect the cubs and to help protect each other, mm-hmm. and you never see them hesitate to protect each other. It's not like they can't think about it. They, can't, they, they don't have time to be like, oh, I might get hurt. No, it's not about yourself. It's about everyone involved. Mm-hmm. So they have that like basic empatheticness of this is my family or this is my my chosen family. Another thing that we associate with dogs and pets is the idea of another lifetime. And mm-hmm. usually what we see in shows, what we see in real life is people kind of place on animals that come into their lives reincarnation of loved ones yeah right? yeah sometimes so, i do mm-hmm. uh, there's like the um the dragonfly there are many many tales of dragonflies and butterflies being seen as spirits of mm-hmm. our loved ones checking in on us birds um many birds have been seen as that as well very very air creatures also Creatures with short lifespans. You know, if anyone would come back, I would think, as a spirit to check up on you, Mm -hmm. it makes the most sense to come back as a bug because you're only bound to a body for a day. Mm -hmm. So it's not permanent. Also, remember remember that story I was telling you about before of the uh, Korean Odyssey, that show? Yes. So in the Odyssey, they go through all of these things. There was one goddess who was reprimanded for having a child with a demon lord. Yeah. Okay, so when he had made his final bargain to save her life so that she wouldn't have to die over and over again, that was her punishment, uh, she was reincarnated as a cherry blossom tree. Mm. So something that would last for years and years and could be seen as beautiful again because she was the queen mother. So mm-hmm. she was seen as the one of the most beautiful. And I think that's also something that is resonating with, uh, you know, recreation and, and whatnot is, is certain plants, which is so weird because I, I've heard that in other odysseys that, you know, souls become a plant or something that lasts for hundreds of thousands of years. Once on this island. Once on this island, yeah. True. Okay. <laughs> yes, and? <laughs> yes, and I think that that isn't really what old souls are. Okay, then. No, it's not, it doesn't necessarily have to be an old soul. It's a it's a recreation right. or something, an embodiment. Just going based off of the... Um, so are you... Are this you was, guys, this was the flow of the discussion. Right, you guys are defining... You, you guys are running with uh, the concept of reincarnation yes. as an old soul. Yes. 
Which it could Sometimes, be. Sometimes, yeah. Could be. Talk about your concept. I only think, I think it's sad to think of reincarnation because if you were to think of yourself passing on to the next life and starting a whole brand new life with really no recollection, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. no recollection whatsoever. Yes. So if you think of it in the present and that happening, like if you knew that that was definitely your life plan, mm-hmm. like that's how life works, mm-hmm. you would go, oh my God, I'm going to start a brand new life and I'll never remember any of this. Mm-hmm. So it's like it want, it, it gives you the feeling of wanting to leave something etched somewhere that would recall that memory, you mm-hmm. know? Well, there was, we just talked about it in... Uh, legends that um, there was a man who had died Mm -hmm. and he was a terrible person in his first life Mm -hmm. and then in his second life he was uh, reprimanded he was he was he what was done to him is what he did to other people Mm. in his next life karma it was very karma and then he saw his wife in the window and she was like messing with him and all of this stuff and a psychologist studied him in in sleep they hypnotized him mm-hmm. and then it, he revealed his own past life and it lined up with the things he saw and his life now mm. and it was crazy because it's it's that that thing of karma coming back to bite you of of those things now maybe that happens to really awful people because what he did was awful and um that's also something that can happen with an old soul they said you you lived a life already right but there are there are some souls that didn't live as long as they should have you know so there there are some souls that had died maybe when they were children and this might be another opportunity for them to fulfill a full life Mm -hmm. I think that's also something. Yeah, that's interesting because with children, I mean, they they do live such a short life that you really don't know what they're, you know, why would they be, quote unquote, reincarnated or why would they be an old soul or a new soul? Mm -hmm. Uh, With children, I really believe that when they pass on at a very early age, and, you know, we're talking before 10 mm-hmm. um that there's they're here for a purpose a very mm-hmm. strict purpose mm-hmm. whether to teach or to introduce something but i think that without a doubt i i believe strongly that when children pass there it's even more um um angelic for uh, lack of a better term or more Thank with you. a purpose (laughs) more with a purpose than someone who lives a life that has many many teachings if you will or Uh or they i think it's a better opportunity for a person who's who lives a long life to be what you call like uh, an old soul Mm -hmm. and and kind of fixing their their deeds their misdeeds Mm -hmm. Whereas if a child passes, that pa- that child's mission is to teach us a lesson in some form or fashion. Probably. And I think it becomes more powerful because who doesn't remember a child, a child yeah. and the passing of a child? So Definitely. It's extremely traumatic. A, right, exactly. So I think when it comes to... And, and I've seen a lot of kids that are definitely old souls that you, you see them and you're like, whoa. Yeah. What... what whose brain do you have? Because that is not a brain of a five-year-old. Yeah. And it's a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. An amazing, amazing thing to watch when you really see 
old souls come to light. And some of them make themselves very pronounced. Because, mm-hmm. of course, as you get older, it kind of withers away. You're not really an old soul. Yeah. Well, there are even see some, it at of, birth. some of my students that I've had conversations with, and they have had the most mm-hmm. in-depth conversations about life. I mean, and they're in second mm-hmm. grade. And I can't fathom that they learned that from their parents. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't, yeah. it does it didn't it didn't compute kind of thing, you know, and they, they have such an understanding as a child. There was one of my students that her parents had gotten divorced Mm -hmm. and she said, Oh, I went over to my mom's and she made finger quotes, friend's house, (laughs) second grader. And then I go, Oh, okay. And she goes, yeah, I know they're dating, but she doesn't think I'm ready to know. (laughs) And I said, okay, and, and you know, how do, how do you feel about it? Because, you know, when kids bring something up, it's on their mind. Mm-hmm. I said, I said, how do you feel about going over to his house? And she said, I, I don't mind it. It's really fun. He's got two sons. They play <laughs> video games with me, and they let me play Fortnite, even though my mom doesn't. <laughs> you know, and it's this positive experience. Yeah. But she's, she was just so mature about it in that sense very understanding of her mother because you know obviously we don't know what happened with her previous marriage but she was just so good about it yeah and 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 they're so empathetic towards their parents and it's like where did you get that wisdom from you know know? about Mm -hmm. kids kids are mushy you know they're great they're mushy and that means they're adaptable so you know like when babies are born yeah, they they have like mushy skulls, right. so they can do things, and you can break them, and they won't be using broken. a literal mushy <laughs> representation. I was thinking she meant huggable, right? And, oh, yeah, and it was like cuddly. literally like. Well, what I'm saying mushy. is like we're we're so nervous because you know like they fall and it's like they fell on their mushy butt. They're very <laughs> they're very fragile. Yeah, but you know still, but they're strong because they're flexible. Mm-hmm. It's just like in Japan, they have those towers in Japan, right? Mm-hmm. And they have in Japan they have. Have a like a one wooden pole in the middle mm-hmm. and what it's supposed to do is if there's an earthquake instead of having a solid solid structure mm-hmm. it's flexible so the building kind of like waves back and forth mm-hmm. and it won't break and that's a really old that's construction crazy. technique yeah so it's just like kids they're still mushy they're still adaptable so in new situations mm-hmm. they're not going to break you know like yeah. they, they're very they're bendable. very strong their kids are very very strong mm-hmm. sometimes kids go through the most traumatic things and then you don't know how but they still smile eventually mm-hmm. you know it's it's the craziest thing and mm-hmm. and even you know in in the classroom i've had a student that didn't want to present she didn't want to present her script she thought it was so dumb mm-hmm. she like wouldn't do it then she started crying she had a panic attack mm-hmm. So then all of the kids in the class started going, no, it's okay. You know, sometimes I get embarrassed Those kids because are so of yeah. X, Y, Z. And they literally, they took time. They sat down in a circle oh. and they took time to tell each other embarrassing stories so that she would feel better. And I didn't even have to tell them to do it. Yeah. So I didn't think you were talking about that group. I know the I remember yeah. that. That was like a huge moment for us because it was one of our first camp groups yeah and it was so cool to see that happen on their own it was just like such a loving environment but we did that again with another group and but and that's not even the first couple times i know even in the class in the actual after school program they just she started crying she was holding me and Uh then they 
all touched her. I know. And they it's the craziest experience <laughs> working was, with kids. It was yeah, incredible. Yes. They were trying to pass their positive yes. energy to her <laughs> through touch. They all so she wouldn't let me go. And mm-hmm. then they all touched her arms. There were four others. They touched her arms and then they go, It's okay. It's okay. You know, sometimes we get really, really scared when mm-hmm. things happen. And they were just so comforting. They even did that nice soft tone. And then one <laughs> and then one of them who was the clown. She was uh-huh. just crazy. And she goes, hey, why don't you look at this? And then she put two pencils up her nose and she was like, it's okay. <laughs> but that's so crazy because kids are just naturally like that. And that's what I've always loved about like teaching kids improv mm-hmm. because it's so pure. Like oh, their imagination yeah. is just so pure. Yeah, and there are no And you want to, blocks. you know, as as teachers, we want to tell them, like, hey, this is the technique, right? Right. But you don't really have to because they naturally know how to play. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if, because we do lose that as we turn into adults. Mm-hmm. And I wonder it, if it's environmental, like, what happens that we lose it? And if we really nurture it. I think yeah. fear kind of keeps you from doing things because as we grow up, we go through these extremely embarrassing moments of mm-hmm. things that we thought were okay to do in public, mm-hmm. you know, like weird stuff that we do at home that you don't do in public. Mm-hmm. And you get looked at weird, you get embarrassed for something, someone tells you no, but yeah. in a not nice way or someone makes fun of you for doing something so then you build up all of these fears as you grow up when in reality you're not really doing much wrong at all you're not hurting anyone you're not hurting anyone you're just you're being yourself you're playing you're having fun Mm -hmm. and as a kid they are such funny little things like i can't i can't even describe how their imagination works because and i quote Mars is just a round hot dog with some mustard. Yeah. Like, I don't... Where does that come from? Exactly. That's well, so you're, cool. you're allowed to be creative, you know? You don't have to draw within the lines, so it makes and it an, really nice. And another thing you see is that with a little bit of the older students, I tell them that you're not, you're not wrong because they're so stuck on the rules that they can't let it go. And I guess it's, you know, obviously something that's drilled into them that their parents say you have to follow the rules because you have to be a good kid, which is totally understandable, but they don't dissociate that within the play classroom yeah. Right. aspect of it so you have to like break them of that and i say yes outside of here you're not supposed to scream at people <laughs> but in here if it's a part of the scene it's okay it's funny it's what you call a safe space it is it's yeah. a safe space for them to just be creative and and do their thing and and you do see these moments of wisdom that you wouldn't even think a philosopher yeah. would like even come up with and the these kids are coming up with these scenes of morals and good and bad and and evil and heroes yeah. and i'm like well, i you think guys in the, are brilliant in this time in our life that's what makes them survive and feel comfortable. So they can, mm-hmm. they can. Wouldn't it be nice that if we felt stress, we could in, quickly create a superhero to make us feel better? And they do. Yeah. yeah. I was looking up uh, some some content on um, old souls. There's a website that says there's sixteen signs of an old soul oh yeah let's hear it yeah web yes this (laughs) is really really intellectual and valid site no is this buzzfeed no 
Oh. I, idea pod. I don't know. I've never heard oh, of it. Oh, cool, cool, cool. Uh, you seek out alone time. So people with old souls need time to think. Yo, that's me. And to focus. That's totally me. <laughs> so introverts are often considered old souls because they spend time reading and journaling and doing things that make them feel alive instead of focusing on outwardly sense of purpose. Huh. So that's interesting. Um, let's see. Second one was you find peace in knowledge, truth, and wisdom. So um, do you so, read a lot? Do you find yourself dropping everything to seek the answer to a question that is burning inside you? Also, love asking questions. Kids kids do that a lot. Why? Kids ask a million why? questions. Why do you do that? Why'd Our do nephew, that? Nico. No, why? No, why? <laughs> Want to know why? No, why? Do you know? No, why? (laughs) Jelly. Jelly, no, why? (laughs) It's cute. Uh, The third one is you feel tapped into your spiritual side. Not everyone feels comfortable acknowledging their spiritual side, and even less people feel comfortable connecting with it. So I think that's really important to to know. Well, and it's scary. Yeah, like, okay, Avatar, The Last Airbender. Yeah. So he had a get in touch with his different auras Mm -hmm. and that was hard because the spiritual side was the third eye right yeah third eye chakras and you have to let go of everything and when you look at all the heroes journeys as well that's when they realize who they are or realize their potential when they let go either they die Mm -hmm. and are reborn into Mm -hmm. this super or hero figure or they let go like in spider-man when he literally there's a song called let go <laughs> and he Such a good uh, soundtrack. He lets go of who or having to live up to something and he just becomes Spider-Man. Oh, there you go. I, that's a spoiler. So basically so letting that's go really. empowers you. Uh you feel connected. Number four is you feel connected to the past. You look to your past and the lives of others to learn about the world. History's important, folks. Yeah. History fascinates you. Somehow you ache to be part of an era where life was simpler. So let me, you know, you it's mean, funny. You mean you want to be in a simpler time. Yeah, but you know what? It's funny. My mom used to always say that my grandmother used to say that I was an old soul. That when she looked into my eyes, it like went, whoa. Scared her. Right. Scared her. <laughs> uh, and she said, oh, this this one's an old soul. So it's interesting because I'll be the first one to say, I hate history. I hate history. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. Yeah. But... I, I hate how history was taught in school, mm-hmm. but I love how people in history, like I love learning about people in history, not certain things of like who what, who wrote what or who. I agree. You I'm know what I'm saying? Way. But I yeah, love. Yeah, you don't like that narcissistic side of it. Of well, so and so did I don't, this. I mean, it, no, it wasn't that. It's not the part of narcissism. Well, that is a huge part of history. No, but it's the part of the technical part. Like, oh, so and so 12 men, you know, whatever. Yeah. Uh, and then walked into <laughs> the, yeah. the cultural side. Yeah. I like learning about the cultural, right. societal, or religion. I feel like that's why world history is way more interesting to me than American history, like just American history history yeah because it's like i live here i get it you know uh, but, but but everyone has their story yeah, even when yeah. we learn about psychology you know in class we we focus on okay yes we need to know the basics of you know freud and all all these the fathers of psychology but what moved them to create this theory mm-hmm. and when you backtrack that it was all having to do with their life experience as a child yeah so it's interesting so 
so, you know, yes, I do love history, going back to that old, the thought of that I was an old soul, but not that history, like I just explained it, which was interesting. <laughs> you spend time reflecting on your life. You like to learn about yourself and how you can improve your life from the inside out. Old souls are humble enough to acknowledge that life is random and surprising, but are comforted by the fact that they can always choose how to react from what happens. Silence hmm. in this one? It's just, it's just it, this is very interesting because it's so broad in the sense of personality. This just sounds like a... This sounds like a personality quiz yeah. kind of thing, which I mean, of course, it's not a very viable web source, but you know, um, it's fun. It, it seems like someone it's who is a lot of fun. It's no, it's fun. I think there's some valid. This points. is fun to go. This is fun to go through. There are, yeah, there are valid points that you know. It seems like old souls are very open and intuitive people. That's what I'm getting from this or gathering from this. Who just want peace. I think it's more reflection. If you look at, like, I'm scrolling down because I'm not going to go through all 16. All 16. Uh, but I think it's uh, when you go back, it's if you summer, if I were to summarize this, I'd say it's empathy. Yeah. All souls are empathetic. Right. Which is like in the beginning when I said that old souls to me are very understanding people who feel like they've, they can make a connection to you even though they haven't been through that yet maybe but they have a feel of i can probably understand where they're coming from okay so here's a twister twister twister, twister. or whatever Fl- you call gray it foot on yellow what if there is no old soul but you are empathetic and since you are empathetic you can understand what the other person's going through well, and yeah. that's what it really is. It's not being an old soul. It's, it's just, just that you're empathetic. Empathy. Ooh, what if it means, what if you've had many lives mean that you have the ability to connect With that. to the many lives around you? That's true. Yeah, that it's just the the ability of being an understanding human. Um, Are you? Or what? we can go back to Eric Fromm. <laughs> who believed <laughs> that it's hereditary. Well, uh, he also, he, he was very focused on Buddhism. Okay. And he really sense. believed yeah. in Buddhism, which yeah, is reincarnation true. is a possible key. I have to verify that or validate it. But the, the key component was that he thought that our mission in life, our mm-hmm. purpose in life, not mission, our purpose in life was to find why we existed. Right, because that's the key to exactly. that's what many psychologists was saying. That's the your fulfillment in life, finding your purpose is your own personal psychological fulfillment, which is something that a lot of people struggle with. Which is why they put it on Maslow's <laughs> if you go pyramid. even further. Then you look at philosophy, ancient Greece. There's who mm-hmm. who am I? What what was our true a purpose in the world a reason Mm -hmm. yeah i feel like that's also a reason why back then there were such titles of um you know he is mock son of ryan the knight you know i think that's just an identification (laughs) but it's also you know they were so they were so bent on on finding um 
a purpose of being an artist, being a knight, being a king, being a queen, being a politician, uh, 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 a market, whatever, whatever it is. There were very clear purposes back then. You know, well, there are very clear just, reasonings. That's just your place in the social circle. I well, think, right, which but is, that was also who they became. That was who they were they as a didn't person. They really have a choice right. in most cases. Right, and now that we have so many different spectrums of being as we progressed in society, um, it came to that point where, <laughs> where in Maslow's theory, you know, it you have to find your purpose because you can, you're allowed to, you're able to do that. We're able to do that as humans now. So I think finding your purpose, your identity, your reason is just something that we struggle with constantly. And maybe someone with an old soul is kind of content with not, you know, being so um, driven to find a purpose, you know, they're content with the journey rather than what the end goal is. If they veer off the path it's, well, this was for a reason, maybe, you know, that could be a thing. I wonder, too, if those types of questions are reserved for times of plenty or, like, golden eras, Mm -hmm. because if you think about when, like, the Renaissance, the um, Athenian Greece, if you look at uh, the time in the Roman era when art was made and things, Mm -hmm. when you, you become introspective is it just because we have that time to think and what does that mean as opposed to people who are just trying to survive Mm -hmm. in the place of survival mode don't Mm -hmm. have that time don't have that uh, ability to say hey like who am i what what am i doing but you know that's interesting we all in times of need we all uh gravitate towards religion Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know? and when we find, th- let's talk about like Western religion and Eastern religion mm-hmm. in in the process, the the um, belief system of Western religion is very much geared towards repairing our sins, so mm-hmm. that we're yeah. we're constantly trying to fix what someone messed over, and we we're always trying to improve ourselves, and we're mm-hmm. always trying to, and we're always trying to, and it's like where does that always trying to take us? Yeah. Because I don't even know, what am I supposed to improve? I mean, I don't steal, I don't hurt, I don't this. So why do I always have that feeling that I have to improve myself? Do and better, I, be better. Right, be better. So I think that comes from, as children, coming from a Catholic faith, that's how you're kind of brought up in mm-hmm. that faith. So, but then you take Eastern, and Eastern mm-hmm. philosophy is really, you know, be good, do good, and our our ultimate goal is peace of mind. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we're not constantly striving to correct ourselves because we're not seen as sinners. We you just know? are. We, ju- we just are. And our goal is to ultimately find out our purpose in life, not correct who we are. Big difference there. My One of my favorite mantras is nothing but everything. Mm-hmm. So the idea that we individually are nothing, we don't have a purpose. We're holding on to these uh, things that aren't, you know, real. Mm-hmm. But we are a part of something greater. And really, anything that we encounter, anything that 
um, we experience is just like a blip in the universe, like this podcast. (laughs) And uh, amongst the very many podcasts there are out there, so thank you for listening. In terms of the old soul, when we talk about old souls, they aren't really brought up in Western religion. They're more brought up in Eastern religion because they do believe very much in tradition. They believe very much in learning from your past. Um, And Western is more about fixing it, you know? Right, and I think what we're really summing it up as is that the concept of an old soul is simply a belief system yeah so if we really think of where why first why do we believe in an old soul Mm -hmm. then it's we have to go back to our own uh, upbringing and say well did they ever give us the opportunity because if i was brought up to believe that believing in an old soul or or reincarnation is a no-no because in, in the Catholic religion, when you die, you go to heaven. There's mm-hmm. no way you are reincarnated. Or, you know, burp, burp. You know <laughs> down. Yeah, going down. Going down. <laughs> so, uh, so that concept of um, uh, an old soul wouldn't, wouldn't be connected with, the, you know, Christianity. So you, you understand that. Un- understanding where, do we really believe in a soul? Sometimes people despite their religion they do because it's that feeling Mm -hmm. i think it's an overpowering feeling of like wow something is going on with me that i can't explain like in madeline something is not right (laughs) something is yeah intuition and and tapping into what we do but the concept is powerful and if you believe like alexander you said you've seen it before uh you know you've seen how people think you see how kids you see it through the eyes of babes, you know, and you, mm-hmm. that's where you really notice it. Yeah, and you know, sometimes you look into a newborn child's eyes and you go, "Oh my gosh!" I wish that. Was <laughs> I think wisdom is attached to old souls, don't you think? Yeah, a certain wisdom that comes that, with it. Yeah. I you? wish that we lived in a culture where we nurtured that, like that intuition, that like. Wisdom. Well, I think I think Lauren has that intuition. They do. I mean, the reality is that the the belief of uh, being open to that mm-hmm. is there's so many cultures. Yeah, I think, that. I yeah. think that you know, in terms of like naturally having that sort of empathy, I think that Lauren has our our cousin, and I think that she naturally has that. She loves old people. Empathy. <laughs> I mean, that sounds terrible. She, but loves, she loves, loves. We, we had that conversation. Yeah, yeah. She I thinks am, they're interesting, but, but she, she's very caring. She's connected to it. Yeah, and she's very understanding of mm-hmm. people. Like you know, she has she has her prerequisites of right and wrong, and all these things that she developed as a child. And um, but when you explain to her one side versus another, she's very good at, at she's very listening sensitive. to both sides, and yeah. she's incredibly. Sensitive sensitive don't you think like yeah. sometimes you can see it in her eyes that she feels what the other empathy i remember um, talk about windows to the soul yeah her I, eyes are like yeah her eyes, big you know eyes. What's weird okay so i when i first met lauren you know like at the hospital mean <laughs> <laughs> at six o'clock in the morning uh i looked at her like i looked down at her and her little eyebrow is like made expression yes like so <laughs> yeah that's knowing. freaky and it was just so annoying and you know march 
our goat, yeah, d- did the same thing closer to when she was a baby. And I think the mm-hmm. goats are like so humid, mm-hmm. and. And Lauren's eyes color, eye color, Lauren's eye color changed. Well, that's like babies. But don't that's a normal you think thing. that's like Well, it depends when thing. they change. Did they look at you and they went from light brown to dark? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When, uh, when she was looking at you, did they go from blue to black? Yeah. Actually, it was weird. And then she started that's speaking in a really old soul. deep voice. <laughs> so strange. Rosemary's baby? Yeah. Um, and, her, and her head started spinning? That's no, no, not no. a Well, she's mushy, soul. so. <laughs> Lauren. It went right back. Poor Lauren. We keep talking about her on here. But she's yeah, awesome. she. She is a very she's a very intuitive twelve year old. Mm-hmm. Even when she was six, she was very very keen on on people's feelings, and she really feeds off of them. She's very empathetic in that way. That you know, she's if you feel anxious, she can't stand it. She she feels it, and she goes, "What's wrong? What's wrong? Just tell me." Yeah, <laughs> and you're like, "You're seven. Don't worry about it." Yeah, yeah. That's um, true. She does get stuck on that stuff. So yeah, she so, worries. Yeah, yeah she's she, very caring. Yeah, she cares. So I think, I think the point we're trying to make is in terms of old souls that there are very varying concepts of them. There are so many different aspects to an old soul. What what an old soul means to you is what an old soul means to you, and that's that's okay. That's a good thing. It's based on your beliefs. Yeah, it's based on your beliefs. Whatever you believe in, you know, is true to you, and you should stick to it. And, um, and if you don't believe in it, that's fine too. Yeah, that's okay. Uh, like we said, everything we say on here is based on our opinions. So what you heard here is just a discussion. Yeah. So we had this discussion. We hope you kind of got involved too at home with your own discussion, yelling at us or something, whatever yeah. it was. It's interactive. Throwing your coffee, which you shouldn't throw your coffee. Don't throw, keep, your, keep don't your throw precious. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if you have any topics that you believe we should be listening to here on the podcast, go to www.theprocrastinators.com, scroll down to the coffee with a smiley face, and send in a suggestion. That is also where you can find every single previous episode we have had. Also on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, depending on where you're listening to us from. Thank you so much for joining us today. My name is Alexandra. I'm Angelica. And I'm Amy. Have a wonderful day. Bye. Bye.